Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Hi, friends. This is episode 37. And as I'm recording, I have not made a final decision about the title of this episode. So I'm going to give you what the potential titles are. And then when I actually post it and publish it, I will have to finalize a decision on that. Once again, this episode was not on my schedule, but it is knocking at my door. I hope it's helpful to you. I'm not exactly sure who it's for. So one of the titles, the original title is I was going to call this my writing process, my writing journey, and talk about the things that I've learned, the thoughts that I've had, the misconceptions that I've had about becoming a writer and particularly journeying to become a published author. And what this episode has boiled down to is my struggle to decide between traditionally publishing or self-publishing. So that is possible title number two, the writer's big question, traditional or self-publish. But at the time I'm making this recording, I have found a publisher. And so title option number three is finding a publisher, living the dream. There you go. You have a little background information into the metamorphosis of this podcast episode. On my journey, I have found that some of the most helpful mentors are the people who are just a little bit ahead of me on the trail, even more than those who are already writing or publishing on a big scale. And I think it's important to understand and be conscious of the fact that we all have something to teach and share wherever we are in our journey, especially while we haven't achieved what we perceive as big scale success. And I think this is because, and I don't know this for sure because I'm not there, but I suspect that each level you arrive at presents a new set of challenges. And so as you deal with those new challenges, it gets harder and harder to remember what it was like back when, what it was like to be in the earlier trenches of the journey. And today I am really going to break it open and be very honest about my feelings and my fears and this process that I've been going through in my endeavor to pursue a passion, to develop a skill, and to actually go public with it. And I think that a lot of this can be applied to the pursuit of any personal passion, whether it's writing or something else. This week, I have definitely been in the trenches of writing. I am feeling a little war-weary, sort of shell-shocked, like I haven't seen the surface for a few days. And probably I've been more in the mental trenches than the physical trenches, though I have been doing a lot of writing and revising this week. What has me feeling brain fried is the trenches of making decisions about writing. And that is because I have found a publisher. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail now about who, when, where, how, because one, I'm afraid I'm going to jinx it. And two, I still am learning a lot and I have a lot of details to wrap my brain around. But I'm saying it out loud. I have a publisher and I am going to be published next spring. I'm saying it out loud because I still can't believe it's real. I'm saying it out loud to try to get it through my thick subconscious barriers. And I'm saying it out loud to commit to myself to move forward into this unknown territory. 
to take the risks, to make the mistakes, and to make my dream of being a published author a reality. My brain or my subconscious or my ego, whatever you want to call it, is going all kinds of crazy telling me that I'm not ready, telling me all kinds of things about why I shouldn't move ahead, and I am wrestling with all these fears and limiting beliefs to the point that I had like the war of the century with my husband this past week. We might have woken up the boys downstairs. I don't know. They didn't say anything. And it took us a few days of tense sulking to recognize, oh, this is the sign that something big is happening. And our subconsciouses, can you pluralize subconscious? Our subconsciouses are fighting against being moved out of their comfort zone. And this sign is telling us that we need to be brave and move towards it. The truth is that I feel pretty safe sitting with my laptop at my kitchen table, clicking away on the keyboard. There's not a lot of risk there. Now, coming face to face with the reality of my book going public, super public, is really kind of freaking me out. I've read enough comment boards to know that people can be really mean. I think people are way more degrading online than they would be in person. I know that putting myself and my writing out there opens the door for these anonymously rude people to tear me apart. This podcasting process and especially podcasting chapters of my book has been really good for me to get it out little by little, starting with my mom and my sisters and my neighbors and my really nice friends. I'm not naturally a brave leaper. I would have never been Christopher Columbus or Amelia Earhart. I like to keep my boots close to home. So I'm going to have to baby step this thing all the way to the printer. I will say this, my biggest dilemma in all of this writing process has been whether to self-publish or traditionally publish. This decision has burned up so many of my brain cells and I'm not exaggerating by calling it a dilemma because I will have just Finally, after weighing all the pros and cons and doing a ton of research, come to the conclusion to traditionally publish. And I will be 125% convinced that that is the right route for me. Then I walk into another room of my house and not 30 seconds later, I am 150% convinced that the best route for me is to self-publish. This has been going on for several years, and it is a big question because both options require a lot of time and a lot of investment in different directions. To get traditionally published, you have to have an agent. Publishing companies, with the exception of a few small ones, no longer accept manuscripts directly from authors. This means writing a query letter, which is essentially a cover letter, and going through the process of querying agents. This means spending hours researching agents who could possibly be a good fit, and even more hours perfecting and revising the query letter, more hours sending out the query letter, and then waiting months for a response. And the response can be one of two things. I'm not interested or... I'd like to read your manuscript. Please send the full copy. Then you wait six months or so for the agent to read your manuscript to say either, "Mm, this isn't a good fit for me, or yes, I think it has potential. Change this and send it back to me. Or 
I like it. I want to represent you. And you can repeat this process 25, 50, 75, 100 times, trying to keep track of the various agents and who you've gotten responses from and who you're still waiting for responses from. It's a lot of time spent on your email. And the more time you spend on your email, the less time you can spend actually writing. Then if you do get an offer for representation, you spend months to a year doing revisions with your agent. And during this process, you come to understand that your agent represents 50 or so other authors and that you are not his or her only priority. And that can be very frustrating waiting to get responses back on your revisions from your agent. Once the agent revisions are done, then the agent begins to solicit editors at publishing houses and the agent essentially repeats the process that you went through to query them. A lot of authors believe, and I know this was true for me, that once you land an agent, everything is downhill from there. Everything is hunky-dory. You're guaranteed to sell your manuscript and have a publishing contract. However, it is possible and it does happen that your agent is unable to sell your manuscript or maybe the agent sells your manuscript to a smaller publisher and doesn't succeed in getting you a cash advance and then you struggle to wonder if your agent really tried and if they're really the best agent for you and if your agent's really fighting for you, for you or if you should just try to find another agent. So the dream of landing a literary agent is full of ups and downs, pros and cons as well. Let's say you get the scenario that your agent does sell your manuscript and you're happy with the publishing contract. Then another round of revisions begins with your editor. And from that point, your book will be one to two years before publication. So at this point, you've been searching for an agent for a year or more. And if you succeed in getting a publishing contract, you're another one to two years before your book ever sees the light of day. Another important thing to understand, and this is surprising to a lot of people, that as an author with a traditional publishing contract, you get about 10% of book sales after you earn back any cash advance. So say on a $15 paperback, you, the author, will earn $1.50. The image of the rich author rolling in the cash is a rarity. For every J.K. Rowling, there are tens of thousands of other writers barely scraping by working second and third jobs. Under a traditional publishing contract, you forfeit the rights to your content, which means you don't get final say on what goes on the cover of the book. And today, publishing companies expect authors to do the majority of their own marketing. I recently saw a comic showing a writer sitting across the desk from a publisher presenting a contract, and the caption read, We'd like to publish it, do nothing to promote it, and watch it disappear from the shelves in less than a month. I am not saying this is true for all. I know many successful traditionally published authors who have a fantastic relationship with their agent and seeing high praise of their editor and publisher. The hard truth is that most traditionally published authors, the majority like 98%, will sell less than 500 copies of their book. The good thing about traditionally published books is the vetting process. 
You can see how anyone who gets through this lengthy ordeal has to know what they're doing and that their manuscript has been edited and revised over and over again to produce a good quality book. So many authors who feel that their manuscript is complete are astonished at how much more revising their agent and then their editor has them do. So though there are still plenty of low-quality books put out by traditional publishers, for the most part, if you pick up a book from one of the big five publishing houses, you can feel pretty confident that you're going to have a good read. Though I just finished one that was so good for the first three quarters of the book, and then the last quarter you could just tell was rushed to meet a publishing deadline. So with traditional publishing, you can expect to spend years waiting to get your book into your hands and onto a shelf, to have little control over what the final book looks like, and to make a small percentage from book sales. So why would anyone traditionally publish? Why wouldn't you just self-publish? My question, exactly. There are plenty of pros and cons for self-publishing too, or it wouldn't be such a dilemma. Some people compare self-publishing to building your own house. Yes, you could probably Google and learn everything that you need to know to build your own house, but you'll make a ton of mistakes in the process and it will take much longer than hiring someone who knows what they're doing. Self-publishing is a lot of work. When you traditionally publish, you have a team working for you. In addition to your agent, you have multiple editors, content editors, line editors, copy editors. They spend so much time with your manuscript. And if you self-publish, either you have to spend that time editing yourself or you pay someone to do it for you. And you have to pay for that up front. Editing is not cheap. One round of editing for a book will cost several thousand dollars and you may need to repeat the editing process multiple times. Also in self-publishing, you design your own book cover or pay someone to do it for you. You format, layout, choose the interior design of your book or you pay someone upfront to do it for you. And one of the biggest cons for a lot of authors is in self-publishing, you are your own marketing team. Once your book publishes, you have to figure out how to let people know about it and convince them they want to buy it and read it. And if you self-publish, you need to be careful because often printers will require you to buy 500 or more copies of your book, which you want to do, right? Because you want to sell them. But then you have 500 books sitting in your garage and it's up to you to figure out what to do with them. Today, there are a lot more options for self-publishing with Kindle Direct and print on demand so you don't have to buy hundreds of book copies and store them in your garage. But still, self-publishing is a big investment of time and money. Essentially, you are taking a gamble on yourself. For me, and I think for a lot of writers out there, the big issue of self-publishing or traditional publishing comes down to validation. I crave the validation that I believe would come from being chosen by an agent and picked up by a major publishing house. I want, or at least I have wanted in the past, that stamp of approval that my work is good enough to bear the name HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, Penguin Random House, Hatchet. 
I long for that feeling, that boost of confidence that I believe would come from somebody else saying that I'm a good writer. Self-publishing means self-promoting, and that is hard to do. But at the same time, a lot of writers, like me, believe that having a traditional publisher means they are going to promote you, only to be sorely disappointed to discover that the publisher is not going to promote you and you're back to self-promotion just as you would be with self-publishing. Probably the biggest pro of self-publishing is the autonomy. You can get your book out much faster, you have full control over your cover design, and you keep 100% of the profit after your out-of-pocket expenses, of course. And the bottom line is, no one is going to promote and champion your book as powerfully as you can. You can see the dilemma, can't you? Even now, talking about the pros and cons, I'm confused which is the best option. Sarah Gruen, author of Water for Elephants, said, If I had known how hard it would be to publish a book, I would have never started. I can so relate. I would have never predicted I would be here 10 years after my first writing class, still working every day to one, become a skilled writer, and two, decide the best way to get my writing off of my hard drive and into your hands and hearts. Writing is like showing up in a boxing ring, getting punched in the face over and over and over, and then coming back for more the next day and the next day and the day after that. Why do I do it? Why does anyone do it? For me, writing is the manifestation of my hope for connection. It's putting my thoughts and my human experience out there to see if anyone else thinks and feels the same way I do. Writing is my way to feel that I'm not alone in this world, which is a strange thing to say because the writing process is so isolatory. Mostly I write because I so intuitively feel the power of story to build empathy, understanding, and to connect us. Mary Carr, author of the memoirs Liars Club, Cherry, and Lit, said, We are all hardwired in moments of empathy to see ourselves in another. Hearing each other's stories actually raises our levels of the feel-good hormone oxytocin, which is what nursing mothers secrete when they breastfeed, which partly helps them bond with their young. It helps to join us together in some tribal way. Mary Carr also said, I don't write because I want to, but because it's better than the angst I feel over not writing. Nothing about this writing journey has been easy. I mean that. I can't think of one part of this writing process that has come easily. But I believe we are made to do hard things and that there are solutions for any problem we come up against. What I have found is a hybrid publisher, a mix between traditional and self-publishing, which is so me. I can't decide between one or the other, so I'm going to find a way to do both. And really, I like so many things about this hybrid publishing option. Still, my brain is firing all kinds of darts telling me this isn't the best publisher, this isn't the best way. And I ask myself, am I giving up my dream of being a traditionally published author? Am I settling? This is a real question I've been wrestling with to the point that I have even Googled applying to the Master of Fine Arts program at Syracuse University. Yes, that would be Syracuse, New York. 
And yes, I live in Utah and have children well immersed in school here. And Syracuse's Master of Fine Arts program accepts a total of 12 students from the world. Six poets, six fiction writers. Did you catch that? No nonfiction, especially not memoir. Yet, my brain is so convinced that I still need to do more with this manuscript. I am big time fighting my own it will never be good enough syndrome. And guess what? I get to decide. I get to decide that it's good enough. I don't need the stamp of approval of an agent or an editor or a publishing company or the amazing professors of Syracuse's Master of Fine Arts program. Though, how cool would it be to live on Syracuse campus, go back to college, be in the Master of Fine Arts program? But you know what? I think about that for just a minute and part of me is like, oh, that'd be so cool. What a dream. Wow. And then I realize, no, I wouldn't like that. I like my life here with my family, in my house, in American Fork, with my baby kittens and the sheep in the backfield. I get to decide the answer. And this is what I'm deciding. My dreams are safe in my head. In my head, they can be as big and glorious and perfect as I want them to be. Things always look better in my fantasies. They're pink and bubbly and happy with no imperfections. In my head, no one can criticize or burst my dream bubble. But here's the truth. What good does a dream do in my head? I am learning that the process of making dreams into reality is messy and not very pretty. Things are never as fantastic in reality as they are in fantasy, whether it be a romance, a marriage, a dream vacation, even winning the lottery, or the journey to become a published author. There are hangups and problems with any situation. And I've decided I would rather live a nicked up, bruised, dented dream in real life than keep a flawless, ethereal dream in my head. I can do real. I can do messy. So I'm saying it out loud. I have a publisher and I am going to be published within one year. It is going to be real. It is going to be messy. It is going to be a lot of work. In fact, it's already real. It's already messy. It's already a lot of work. And it's awesome. Folks, look at this. Can you believe it? I am doing it. I am living my dream. And thank you for being with me on this journey. I mean it. I love that you're here. This is Malia Warner, and I will meet you back here next week for another episode of Power Principles, the podcast. See you then.